Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Bestiaire is a fascinating and beguiling film. It's a mesmerizing meditation on the relationship between man and beast. This strikingly beautiful film is about looking, observing, that blurs the line between observer and observed. There is no traditional narrative to the film, yet it is breathtakingly dynamic and dramatic. The tension is and the exquisite shots uh, in, in every practically every scene in this film is just remarkable. Uh, we are very fortunate to have with us today the producer of Bestiaire. Uh, that would be Sylvain Corbel. Welcome to Film School, Sylvain. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and I, again, want to emphasize to our listeners uh, uh, just what a beautiful documentary this is. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on today was uh, because there were a number of films that I really felt were overlooked uh, in terms of their recognition f- with the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, and I felt that this was certainly one of those films. And um, tell me a little bit about, first of all, you're the producer. Uh, yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, Bestier, uh, that um, the uh, and your relationship to uh, the, 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 uh, the director, uh, Denis Cote, who uh, is uh, not able to join us today. He's in Turkey. Uh, but um, tell me a little bit about your working relationship and the genesis of the idea behind uh, Bestiaire. Well, I've known Denis for six years now, so mm-hmm. it's a pretty sort of uh, natural collaboration. We started uh, with a film called All That She Wants mm-hmm. in uh, 2007. Mm-hmm. And so far, uh, we worked together on five feature film so it was a it was a kind of a natural uh natural process when he uh, when he told me about this project i just said yeah <laughs> now the the film itself takes place in uh a zoo in <coughs> i've uh in in quebec is that correct it's a what's the, I yes, the, the name. film was uh, mainly shot in parc safari which is a zoo right. in uh, hemingford uh, quebec nearby the vermont border actually mm-hmm and we also shot uh, some uh, some scenes in a taxidermist uh, shop in uh, in Montreal, actually. Yeah. yeah, quite a jolting kind of. Uh, um, this film is is uh, it pulls you in, and 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 it and it there's a pace to it that is it's a beautifully paced film, and uh, for most film goers, we're used to narrative and dialogue and a lot of sort of more. Um, more of that kind of uh, uh, information coming to them in a film. This is not that. Um, this is a film that is allows the listener to take in the information and process it through some beautiful shots. Tell me a little bit about the decision. Is this a, a style of, of Denis Cote or, or yourself to essentially no dialogue, no, n- no um, narrative? Is that, is that something that is part of his film vocabulary or was this what was it about that uh making this film in that regard well i think there's there's two things about about what's what was the driving us for the the visuals of bestia mm-hmm. first one is uh denise 
interest in uh, cinematic language, I think, is uh, his main motive to do a film is to explore language. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. It's not necessarily to, to tell a story or it's really to, to push the boundaries of uh, cinematic language. Mm-hmm. That's his first motivation to do a, a film. Mm-hmm. And so with that film, it was the same thing. Um, there was also this, this idea of, um, of trying to, to film an animal or animals in a, in a different way than, than what we're usually seeing. Uh, that means usually what, what do we see for, for animals? We see like sort of very well shot documentaries, you know, made by National Geographic, mm-hmm. or we see um, some like Walt Disney style, you know, anthropo- anthropomorphizing uh, mm-hmm. pictures where animals are speaking, funny films, you know, with, with animals. So mm-hmm. the, the main... Um, the main motivation uh, for that particular film, apart from the exploration of language, was to try to create new images of animals. Are we able to do that? Uh, is it possible to just film an animal for what it is, you know, without having any sort of judgment on, on it or without trying to, uh, to put uh, narrativeness in, inside those animals? So... Yeah, so the, this, the, the idea was, was, was really this one, and in order to do so, we, uh, we did sort of a tableau, I don't know how to say in English. Yes, but, yes, uh, that's correct. So the idea was to not really frame those animals also, but to frame a space. In Denis cinema, you're, you're, if, you, if you look carefully, the, uh, the locations, the, the places are, are very important, sometimes more important than... The people. So there was also this this idea of trying to 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 grasp a place, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to to film those animals for what they are, which is something still very mysterious. And we're looking frontly at, at those animals, and we wanted those animals to to look uh, to look back at us, actually. And yeah, so the the and it relates to the title actually. A bestiaire is a is a sort of a medieval book, very naive. Uh, image book that was created uh, um, to sort of to tell a, uh, a story with a little uh, with a little twist mm-hmm. at the end um, with some very naive uh, paintings, and we wanted the, the film to be a kind of image book that could be you know for kids or for a very compl- contemplative uh, book. So yeah, and then you can you can put uh, what you want inside. So we tried um, we tried to put. Uh, how can I say that? Um, as few narr- narrativity mm-hmm. as uh, as we could. Yeah. yeah. And the film itself, at Bestiaire, opens with a uh, a group of I don't people sketching um, a a stuffed. Is it a deer? I believe it's a deer that they're kind of sketching and observing this animal and the and they're and then trying to replicate that through their art. And or interpret it through their art. So it starts out with people observing animals, and then the first shot that you see, really, of the animals for it in the zoo, uh, is an animal staring back at at us. Mm-hmm. And so we got this. The you create in the film sort of these three different components to me: mm-hmm. people watching animals, animals watching us, and then and then the people who work in in the zoo, and and they eventually the people who visit the zoo. It's all. 
it is all part of a tableau. It's all part. There's mm-hmm. a thread that pulls all of these together, and I I think that's the essential brilliance and the the of this film is to see all of these things with which we're very familiar, but in a very different context. And it's a it's as much of an unencumbered context as you could possibly make it. Mm-hmm. And and it's that's what really sets this apart uh, for me as 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 when watching it. I just thought it was. Uh, just a brilliant way to to go about this. Um. Yeah, you're you're totally right. And also, you know, with the the filmic choices we we did, which is always having uh, steady, uh, yes, you know, shots, uh, never looking for the animals, no movements of camera. So right. this emphasized this this idea of a uh, of a book and, and, and tableau as well. Yeah. And you you can you can easily. S- easily see also in the film that humans are are not treated differently you know in the in the filmic approach that if you remember in the beginning um, the people come in the frame and then leave the frame which is this, exactly the same thing that we we do with with animals yeah, so yeah. so that that emphasized that that sort of uh, that link between the the humans and the 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 animals it's 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 more uh, actually we Sometimes we say it's uh, it's more of an essay, or even even more a nonfiction film, because right. it's it's not really a documentary about animals. It's more a film about the experience of watching a film and mm-hmm. what do we expect as a viewer when we watch a film, and what are our apprehensions, and how do we do we fill the gap, you know, for for narrativity, which is. Yeah, which well, we which we we give room for for that for the viewer. There's there's also this this idea of exploring the the film in itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, and, and it and it's the spaces in this film as well. Uh, I, it's, by the way, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Sylvain Corbel. I, I, I Cor, say it for me, and I I it's, so apologize. Like, <laughs> I so apologize. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> It's actually Sylvain Corbeil. Corbeil. But okay, Corbeil. Okay. okay, thank yeah. you. I, 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 again, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, but uh, and and you. By the way, the film is screening this week here in Southern California at the Cine Family um, Theaters in uh, in Los Angeles. That's at the corner of uh, near the corner of Melrose and Fairfax. It started last night, Thursday, the, on the 21st of February, and we'll run through the 27th. So mm-hmm. for people who are interested, they have an opportunity to catch up with it in a theater, which I think is a great place to see it. What other ways can people see uh, Bestiar? Well, actually, it was also released on uh, Amazon if you, if you prefer to, uh, to order uh, a DVD from, uh, from the website of uh, Amazon. That's, it. That's also possible. Okay. And uh, yes, we're, we're working also with the, with the distributor, Kim Stim, Distribution based in New York for other means of uh, of viewing the film that could be maybe uh, um, video on demand or um, something like that, which is not totally set up, but uh, we're we're trying to uh, find other ways. But and the film will will continue to travel in the U.S. Yes, um, yeah, in it's other other venues. You can check also information on the Kim Stim uh, website for for more uh, theatrical release information. So yeah. and that's K I M S. T, I M. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Dot, dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some people can find out more, and we'll post that on on the the film uh, the film school website as well. You can check also the Facebook page, mm-hmm. which is Bestiaire le film, and we put a, a whole lot of information uh, into that. The, the film also will be uh, released in uh, 
in France on the 27th of February, mm-hmm. which we're very proud of. It's a it's a difficult market, and uh, but we we had uh, amazing reviews over there, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a success. Well, excellent. I, I want to uh, spend just a, a, a couple of minutes talking about um, the. This is uh, in addition to this very intriguing way that the film is presented. It is a I, don't, I really want to underscore how beautiful these are moving. When you say pictures, these are moving motion pictures, but they're, I mean, they really do have the, the impact of a, a still photographer mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the shots. And I want to give some credit uh, to your cinematographer, Vincent Baron. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and uh, the camera uh, is now, I, I went on, on, the, on the website, is it a Sony EX3 that he used? Exactly. Yeah, it's a Sony X3. Yeah, that's right. It, we also we we tried some some um, how do we say that recipes for for post production visuals at the end. Uh, we sort of gave a afterwards a, a sort of film look that we we tried different different things with the lab in Montreal, mm-hmm. and we we came up with this sort of uh, uh, processing of image which, which gives a little. Uh, a little something more, like um, maybe more warmth, or but still the film is really cold in mm-hmm. its visual, and I think it suits well uh, this idea, you know, of being as uh, objective as possible, which is hard, but we tried. <laughs> yeah, it it feels cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. Given the, the you know, obviously, the, you know, I found that interesting. I, I don't know how many of these animals are uh, naturally acclimated to cold weather, but I didn't. I don't think that lions are. I I don't know. I'm not going to speak. I'm not a zoologist, but I, I I just seemed like a lot of those animals did not belong in a in a zoo in. In Canada, yeah, in Canada. I don't know. Uh, but well, actually, we you know we filmed the the we shot the film in on different seasons. Mm-hmm. So for those wild animals that are let's say Af- from African origins, yeah. of course they they stay inside mm-hmm. when it's winter. Okay. But uh, during the month of uh, May June, they're really set free outside. Uh, Outside of their cage, yeah, and, and 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 I also again we we mentioned it earlier, and I think I just think it's an important part of this. Uh, for most of the film, we don't see the the people visiting the zoo near mm-hmm. the near the end of or somewhere in the the late middle part of the film. We start to see uh, the people who come to visit the zoo. And and it, it it by that time you were so acclimated to these images of these animals and and what's so fascinating is uh, it's hard it's impossible to know but their reaction to the camera seems uh, it, it seems like a like they really are reacting to the camera in many of these shots and I obviously can't look into the minds of the animals but you're watching that and then you see people come into frame and come into the the picture and it really does deliver quite a it's quite an impact to see mm-hmm. that uh that that now you're watching people watching animals you're watching these people it's it again part of the fascination with this film is this ability to kind of turn our perceptions upside down mm-hmm, exactly and we we can see that also in the one of those final shots well it's not at the, the end totally but yeah um since it it's a part Safari concept, so that means during the the warm season, 
um, the animals are outside and people stay in their cars. <laughs> and that is really f- funny, you know, this, this, this uh, large shot of all these cars lined up and the zebras passing by sort of watching. <laughs> they're actually watching the, the people in their cars yeah. Yeah. that are encaged in, in, in their cars. So, again, it's a, you know, reverse um, sort of reverse position. We the film plays with that all the time. Yeah. Now, so then, was there a, a was a difficult uh, process and and uh, journey, if you will, for this film, uh, getting into film festivals? Was there uh, did you encounter uh, sort of a, any resistance? I don't know if that's the right word to use, but was it an <coughs> easy, was it was difficult to get uh, uh, Vestiaire into uh, film festival circuit? Uh, actually, not at all. We mm-hmm. we premiered the film in Sundance last year, mm-hmm. uh, which in which we we got many great uh, reviews, and mm-hmm. then we screened in Berlin in the forum section. So those that's a pretty big start, and many uh, film festival uh, directors are 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 in those film festivals and watch the film and invited afterwards the film. In our sales, international sales agent, also which is based in Los Angeles, Figa Films, did a very good job also to uh, to raise interest uh, on that film to other film festivals. So so far, I think we screened in over sixty five uh, film festivals, Fantastic. and we we managed to you know to have a, a a release in the United States, in France, and also the film will be released in Germany in in April. So it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, important um, it's pretty important uh, light that is uh, that is shed on, on that film for for such a actually easy film to to make uh, you know it was we didn't have any budget to do that we just did that with some friends in a very free way you know mm-hmm. without any expectations and without compromise as well without thinking of uh, of the results of the film which which in my opinion, always helps uh, a film. If you think too much of how are, are we going to market that, what are our objectives, maybe you're, you're going to miss the point of just doing a good film. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to, for, for you to travel a lot with your film. So I think you, you know, when, you, when you, the act of filming has, has to be done, you have to think, of course, but it has to be also um, a very intuitive you know, gesture, an intuitive uh, Act actually. Yeah. I think that's so important. I absolutely. I, I. It is so hard to trust sometimes your your instincts. And, I know. And, and, <laughs> I mean, everyone will tell you why you shouldn't, and and it's and mm-hmm. sometimes make very compelling uh, arguments for that. And uh, I think that is the definition of um, what separates uh, good artists from great artists is that ability to be able to filter that and make the decisions that you know are best for you and for your work. Mm-hmm. That is, I, I think, really tough. Now, um, in addition to uh, Bestiar, there you have also been working with Dene Cote on uh, other work, and I wanted to mention that while we have you here. You uh, just uh, screened um, a film at uh, the Berlin International Film Festival. Tell mm-hmm. me, tell me a little bit about that work and the reaction that it received. Uh, at well, actually, for that that new film of uh, Denis, uh, which is called Vic and Flo Saw a Bear, mm-hmm. um, we we had the chance to premiere, like you said, at the Berlinale. But this time in competition, official competition, which is 
you know, the best section you can get in uh, in Berlin, which is a, a huge film festival. Yeah. And it's a it's also a good film festival to um, to reach reach out through Europe. That's one thing, but also Asia and North America a little less, but. Um, yeah. We'll we'll try to do that with other important film festivals in North America. <clears throat> Actually, the the reception of the public uh, was really good, and the specialized press as well. We had very good reviews from uh, Hollywood Reporter, from Screen. Uh, mm-hmm. So it went super well. In addition to that, we managed to won to win a Silver Bear, the Alfred Bauer Silver Bear, which is given to a film that opens up to new perspectives on cinema, uh, which is, like I mentioned in the beginning of our uh, interview, which is the main fuel of, of Denis' interest in doing films, which is exploring the language and trying to push the boundaries, although we do it in this time in a film that, it's, that is way more narrative than, mm-hmm. than Bessa, which is a, you know, a storytelling film. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, with a with a Denny signature and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's doing super well actually. Well, I yeah. so, it sounds like you'll probably be at uh, Toronto. I assume that's well, that's one of the goals. Well, we hope for that. <laughs> okay. We're waiting for for their answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need if you need somebody to make a call, you let me know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, listen, I, I don't want to thank you so much for being here. I wanted to you know again remind our listeners that uh, that this Bestiar will be uh, will be screening uh, tonight through Wednesday night. This is the 22nd of February through the 27th at mm-hmm. the Cine Family Theater in Los Angeles. It's near the corner of Melrose and Fairfax. People who live in L.A. or know anything about Southern California will know where that is. And it's just a wonderful theater experience. I have to tell you, the Cine Family people are cinema nuts and i mean that in the best possible okay. <laughs> way and they and it's a really interesting theater and the people you just feel like you're at home when you're watching a movie there with people who really care uh, about uh film and uh, so i'm highly recommending people check out cine family and especially to go up there and see this film um and i i'm so happy that i was able to get you to come on and talk about it and uh, i look forward to uh, vic and flo saw bear and hope that uh, it, it receives uh all the success possible as well so thank you so much actually you you you, you talked so well about that movie theater maybe i'm gonna go myself <laughs> very good <laughs> well very, excellent <laughs> it is it is truly I mean, it's it's for it, yeah you'd love it you would love it so i sylvan Colbert, i'm yep. good i am i am gonna work on my i'm gonna edit all this in post so it'll sound perfect when 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 you hear it on <laughs> okay <laughs> but i appreciate you coming on and thank you so much and all the best uh, to you and danae for uh, as you move forward through uh through the world of cinema thank you well, thanks to you. It was my pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.